0: So we are uh, wrapping up this series that we started the first of the year in January, and always January comes with with just new beginnings and some motivation to kind of make some changes for the next year. And so as we have started 2022, uh, we started by looking at how should we as followers of Jesus do our life on purpose? And and we know that scripture speaks to to not just salvation. I mean, it's very clear on how we find salvation and how we accept Christ as our Savior and, and invite him into our life, receive his grace and forgiveness and start a, a journey in a new direction as a follower of Jesus and start that transformation process in our life. Once we pray and accept Christ as our Savior, right, then we receive the Holy Spirit into our lives and we live as saved people, but also that means we start on a new journey, right? a journey of becoming more and more like Christ every day. And we see in Scripture, especially in the book of Romans, which is a very foundational book that explains the first part about the gospel right? and about how we are saved. And then it makes a transition in the middle of the book and in chapter 11 and then into chapter 12 about now what our lives will look like after we find Christ. And after we receive him as our Savior, now what do we do to continue to be transformed by his Spirit? In this series of On Purpose, we've been looking at Romans chapter 12 and using this as a guide of of these major areas of our life that that this chapter speaks to of how do we truly serve God with every area of our life. How do we do life on purpose to not bring us glory anymore? And that's what a life before Jesus is about, is, is about glorifying myself, right? But now, as a follower of Jesus, how do I glorify God? with everything that I do in every area of my life. And that, in fact, that's exactly what God wants from us is he wants us to give up our life so we can start doing it his way, right? And to bring, again, him glory and to find true freedom and, um, and blessing. And with that, we've, again, basis of this series has been Romans chapter 12. And through that chapter speaks to these four um, main areas of our life of how we deal with our time, how we deal with our money, Last week, we looked at how we dealt with our talents and abilities, and and now today, we are wrapping up this series um, with how we uh, can do our relationships on purpose. Now, as we see through the series, all four of these these aspects of life are are intertwined. They all kind of feed the other one, and they're all connected. And and yet, as we move to this, I will say, um, is that relationships is, is the last one because it is kind of the culmination of all of them. Right? Your relationships are deeply affected by how you spend your time. Right? Our relationships are deeply affected by how you manage your money. Right? Our relationships are deeply connected to how we use our talents and abilities. Right? And, and with that said, is when we look at relationships, the reality is that is also the core and foundation of our faith is our relationships. Because, uh, again, kind of the old cliche adage, but it's very true. Again, it's, it's cliche for a reason, because it's true, is that Christianity is not a religion. It is about a relationship. And, and that's at the core of everything. Is that it's about our relationship with God. Right? And that's what everything is built upon. And so as we look at this aspect of our lives, right, of what do our relationships look like, we, we see there's kind of these, there's, there's these two kind of overarching things, right, is our relationship with God, first and foremost. And then there's our relationship with other people. And how do we interact with those around us and with those that are close to us and not? Now, now with that said, as, as we kind of take a step back and think about our relationships and, and how imperative they are, we also have to remember that we live in a world that has more people in it than ever before. Okay, which means we have more opportunities for relationships than ever before. Not only because there's more people, but also because of technology. Right? We, we have more um, option right, to, to interact with more people now than we ever have before. Right? Our technology is so good, we even hear the, you know, the ESPN right, thing come when, when a game starts. Okay, we're, we're very connected, aren't we? Again, we have the opportunity, right, for relationships all over, and yet we also look at our lives right now and in our culture and our world and realize that we are also the most lonely that we have ever been. Now, this has been exacerbated, right, even through the last few years, as we've navigated this, this pandemic and kind of all of these different things. Um, but the reality there, is there's more people than ever before. There's, we have more options for connection through technology and through all those things. And yet, we still feel the most lonely than we have ever felt. You know, as, as many of you know, I, was, I spent many years in youth ministry before I was uh, started as a lead pastor and one of, on my time ministry, and I use this comic strip a lot. There's this comic strip called Zits, And this, this shows just kind of the youth culture. And I think, and again, they're, they're, a lot of them are pretty old, but again, the human condition is just the same. And it kind of draws things out, like, in just really kind of comical ways. And this is one of my favorite Zits comics of all times. As we see this, again, teenagers all gathered around. There's literally hundreds of them. And right in the middle is this girl on her phone. Right? This is, thanks for calling me back. I really need someone to talk to. And now how true is this? I mean, we've all experienced this before, haven't we? That we're literally surrounded by so many people. I mean, so many options for relationships. And yet we feel isolated and alone. It's so much that we have to turn to technology. We have to call somebody to talk to, right? When we're literally surrounded by people all the time. There are more ways to connect with people than ever before, and yet we are the loneliest we've ever been. So I don't know about you, but I kind of sit back and think about that and be like, why is that true? What's not working? Right? Why, why, what is missing right, that we desperately need? And, and as we think about that, I, I want to start uh, with just a few biblical foundations about relationships and about the way that God made us. Okay, the first off is this. We need to understand that you were not created to do life alone. Okay, we are relational beings. God made us that way on purpose. There's a reason why we all long to belong, right? We all long to be included. We all, we all long for that group of, of, of our people, Right? And God made us that way. He, From the very beginning, he made us that way. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone, and I will make a helper who is just right for him. All right, God saw it from the very beginning. Now, now notice, again, we were created first and foremost for a relationship with God. Okay? And Adam is there in the garden, and he has a relationship with God. And yet God saw that. He said it was good, right? but it's not, it's not complete. right? It is that this man needs someone else. Right? Not just relationship with God, but with some, another human being. It's not good for them to be alone. It doesn't do good things for us. It doesn't move us you know, and fulfill us if we are alone. Right? In fact, when you talk about technology, a lot of technology is literally based on this fact. How much of technology is designed to better connect us with another human being? In fact, not, again, not just the internet, not just cell phones, but, but even think about whether it's transportation technology, right? Or, or just, fan, I mean, the relationships at the very core of who we are and why we exist. Right? And we, we've come up with and tried to advance ways for us, easier for us to get together. In fact, when we do look at, at modern technology and at the internet and at social media and social networking, Right is is all of these things are based on this premise in fact, social media and even the internet itself right it is is really um built upon the the need for relationships and there's a reason why everything you know took off so quickly in that, and yet we can easily lose focus of this need for relationship in our lives. Think about it for a moment when when you look back, think about when you reach the end of your life and think about all of the loved ones and friends and family that you've had that have, that have lived, you know, uh, into the end, the last days of their life. Can you ever remember anybody who says at the end of their life, I wish I would have spent a little more time at work? Hey, I, I, I really need to live a little longer because I need to be alive for the next iPhone release. Right, like that, no, that's not where we end up, is it? No, but yeah, we all know where where we typically end up, right? I need to live long because I need a little more time with my loved ones. I need a little more time to see, you know, to to, to rekindle that relationship, right? I need to make that phone call. I need to have that conversation. And in fact, when you think about the the most typical regrets at the end of a life, right, they are Relational. I didn't take my relationship with God serious enough. I didn't take my relationship with my spouse or my kids or my my loved ones or my friends or whatever, right? They're they're always relational. And and when we realize that, right, we need to take note of that to know that we were not created to do life alone. And if we mess that up, right, it eats at us that we were created for relationships. We see this, this theme run all through Scripture. We can look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, the wisest man to ever live, right? King, King Solomon. He, he wrote this, this passage, this book in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 4, 7 and 8, he says, I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone, without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. And then he asked himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It's all so meaningless and depressing. Now, even though you know, this passage calls out right, how meaningless and depressing life can be, and this is actually pretty encouraging, right? Because again, he's looking back and saying, what, what really matters in life? Relationships. What does it all boil down to? It depends on, uh, on exactly how... Good my relationships are how many people i'm connected to lasting true regrets are always relationally based So, how can we do them better? Well, we start to see again how god created relationships, right? We know we were made for them. So how do they work? Okay, I want to kind of look at this just observation of our world and this is true comes out of scripture We see these different levels in scripture But I want to look at the different levels of relationship that god made Okay, the first one is stranger Okay, now we all know stranger, right? If you think back to your childhood. Remember stranger danger, right? Now we all know this, right? These are people we don't know. I mean, they're stranger. We have known nothing about them, right? And yet we interact with thousands, millions of strangers throughout the time of our life. Okay, even at the beginning of this service, the video that we used to open up, right, talked about strangers, uh, people you will never meet, right. And this is the first level relationship, right, where, where there is none. Right, other than them cutting you off in traffic right, or them opening the door for you. Right, outside of that, right, there's no relationship with strangers. And then the next, if they move from a stranger, then they move from a stranger to, to actual some relationship. Right, as they become an acquaintance. Somebody that you do know a little bit. At least maybe you know, you know their name or a few things about them or you have a regular interaction with them. Whatever it might be, right? But an acquaintance is still very little, surface level. But I know, I know about you. You're not a stranger. If we then, if if you continue to to move deeper in a relationship, an acquaintance then becomes, can become a friend. It's somebody that you know better, right? Somebody that you remember their name, right? Somebody that you you know some details of their life, right? And and again, we know even within each of these levels, there's there's varying Ways, you know, levels of people and, and how you interact with them, they but they become friends. And maybe you spend a little more time with them, right? You go deeper into relationship. And then from friend, if you continue through that, then you could get to the place with somebody who is family. Now we all know when we think about these levels of relationship to that, is it this family level? There are some that are actual family, right? And and then there are some that are relationally family. Right, that you have no blood tie to at all. In fact, a lot of our families, our extended families, are actually more even up on the acquaintance or even stranger level, aren't they? Right? And yet we have those people in our lives that we dive deeper into relationships with that they become family, Right, whether they're actual blood relatives or not. right, But, but relationally, they become family. I just literally just a couple weeks ago, I remember, I, I just... Went over and I, I went over to a friend's house in the evening and, and I kind of went up and I just kind of walked in the door because the door was closed. And I walked in. I'm like, Am I at this level, right? And we know there's there's a relationship level there, right? If we get to that family place, it's when you don't have to knock when you show up at their house, right? Again, kind of for us, right? The the people that are at that family level are the ones that come with us through the garage into our house, not to the front door, right? And again, we think about these people, right? These these levels of relationship, and and then we have those that are the closest to us, this deeper level, deepest level of relationship, and these are people that are at the iron level of relationship. Hey, this is your inner circle of people. Hey, and this this title, this kind of label, right, of of level of relationship, I mean, comes straight out of Scripture. I mean, in Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. This is iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. These are the people that you're closest with, right? These are the ones that, 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 that help you and you help them, right? These are the people that make you a better person every time you interact with them. Right? These are, are the, again, the inner circle of people, the ones that you trust the most, that you know the best, probably even the people that only see parts of you that only a few people ever see. Right, these iron level people. As we look at these different levels, okay, one of the main sources of conflict in relationships, or when relationships get awkward, is when the two people are not on the same level with each other. All right, again, we've all had these experiences before, right? Is when you have somebody that you consider an acquaintance, but yet they think they're family. awkward, right? Or that can be somewhat of even a source of conflict, right? Again, when you might be sitting back and be like, why are you talking to me like that? Because, like, you're just an acquaintance, right? And it may because, you know, you talk to your family and Iron Level people different than you talk to acquaintances, don't you? Right? And again, we think about this, and, and yet we understand that that can be the source of of conflict, right, or awkwardness in relationships. And, and, and with that fact, the opposite is also true, right? In true relationship, both people will be on the same level. Okay? In true relationship, both people will, will be at the same level. Again, this is really common, and we, and we can kind of poke fun at it, right, in dating relationships. Okay? This, this is when someone really wants to move deeper than the friend level with you, and you're like, nope, I'm comfortable in the friend zone. Right? That's where I wanted to stay. Right? And, and yet, when we look at this, right, the, um, again, maybe your preference and you get to that level is like, okay, no, I want to move backwards on this level. Right, Let's go back to kind of distancing and just remain acquaintances. Right? We all know, that, again, the awkwardness right, of, that, of that DTR that defined the relationship in the, in the romantic context. But, again, the reality is that's not probably the only context we should be having these kind of conversations. Right, we, we should be having them with, with these different people in our lives, right? Of saying, like, what level are we on, and, and are, are we agreement in that? In fact, when we look at just the goal of our faith, right, there's to be a disciple that is making a disciple, and to say that is that's the way you pour into somebody else, and even in their faith journey is to get to that deeper level with them on purpose. Right? And when we think about this and realize, you know, how all of this works, and, and again, we think about what level are we on with different people In our lives, uh, and we have to come back to the most core question when we look at this concept, and that is, how is your relationship with God? What level are you on with God? Because I will tell you, God is very clear in his word where he wants to be in your life. (laughs) Okay, God wants to be at that deepest level. He wants to be at the foundation and core of who you are. Right? In fact, that's exactly what God tells us he will do if we dive in to deep relationship with him, right? Is He will sharpen us. He wants you at that iron level with him because that's where he's at with you. God loves you more than you can imagine. And no matter where you, no matter how you see God, right? God sees you and says, I, you are worth investing in. I love you and I'm going to transform you and and sharpen you, right, make you more into who I created you to be. God is very clear on where he belongs on this scale. And the question is, what do, how do we respond to that, right? Do we put God on the same level? In fact, um, as you see, Jesus, as he was quizzed, being quizzed by different religious leaders, in Matthew 22, 37, and 38, he, he comes back with this exact rebuttal. Right, is they're asking, they're like, What's the most important commandments, right? What's the most important thing? And Jesus says them, He says to them, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. That's what matters most. Is what level are you on with God? Right, because God's very clear on where He He is at or is designed to be in our lives. And again, I don't know what level you're at with God today, hey, whether you even know God in a saving way. It, and, and, and yet, if you've never started that relationship with God, if God is still at the stranger level for you, right, my hope and prayer is that you will pray and accept him as your Savior today. Right? Join the journey of faith and start moving God down those, those levels of relationship. Again, not, and it's not about how God sees you, because God are, has already died for you, he already rose again, he already paid the price for your sin and purchased your salvation, with the death and resurrection of his son, right? God is already uh, at an iron level with you. He's given up everything for you. And, and so, but then our response is now, where am I going to put God, right, in my own heart? Again, if you've never joined the journey of faith or prayed and recept, accepted him as your savior, I hope that you will do that, right? And, and start that relationship and start growing in who God is and, and moving him deeper into those levels in your own life. This is the first and the greatest commandment. God is looking at you and saying, I love you, I've always been in love with you, and I want us to be on the same level. And as you think about our, our relationship with God and where that's at, then the next logical question comes is how is your relationship with other people? How is your relationship with other people? It starts with God, right? but then, then, then it moves to... What's my relationship like with other people? In fact, this is exactly what Jesus does. He says, the first and, and most important one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the, the very next verses, in verses 39 and 40, he says, but the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. He says, first and foremost, is about God. And then the next question is, where are you at with other people? And and again, God knows something that we need to learn, and that is that our relationships with other people will absolutely have a deep effect on your faith. Your relationships with other people absolutely have a deep effect on your faith. Again, to say, as we've talked about through this series, and and saying if you feel stalled in your faith, right, is look at one of these areas, right? And we talked about, again, look at how you're spending your time, look at how you're spending your money, look at how you're spending your, your abilities, and... And, you know, and, and um, tasks, right? And, and how you're living out all of those kinds of things. And I say this one is the most true. Right? If you're struggling, in your faith it, it, it absolutely is probably connected to your relation of status, not just with God, but also with other people. Right? In fact, Jesus knew and taught, right, that this is so incredibly important. How you interact with other people deeply affects your faith. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, Jesus says, so if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Have you ever thought about why Jesus tells us to do this? It shows how important relationships are, doesn't it? It's so much so that, that God said, I mean, he literally says, he's like, hey, I, I want you. But if, if, if you have something between somebody else, relationally, like conflict, whatever it is, that's unresolved. You need to, to, to leave you know, your, your sacrifice there. Go and be reconciled to that person. Because it's going to c- c- continue to create a wedge in your life and in your faith if you don't take care of it. So go and be reconciled. Right? And, and have the conversation. Bring it up. Right? Forget about the awkwardness and just get through it. And just find resolution. And then come back. And then we can really get serious about what we're doing together. Right? Then I will take your sacrifice. Right? That's how important relationships are. It absolutely will affect your faith. And, and, and when, we, when we realize this, and, and this you know, that look at this list and levels of relationship and what God feels about us and how, how, how we need to interact with other people and, and all these things. We, we see kind of the, the, the key to this entire concept, the key to relationships is time. And we just connected all the dots, right? Where did we start? Doing our time on purpose. But that truly is the key to this list, right? How do you move somebody into a deeper level relationship? It's by you invest time with them. How do you get in a stronger place with God? You invest time with God. The key to this, the keys to relationship is time. The more time you spend with someone, the faster they move down the list. The less time you spend with someone, the faster they'll move up the list. Right? And that is absolutely true with God as it is with other people. Now, this is exactly why technology and social media can enhance real relationship, because it helps connect you more often. But I, I would tell you, I, I feel like in my own experience, I see right that social media can enhance real relationship. If you have real relationship with somebody, social media is just another connection point. But it, it cannot replace it. In fact, you see, social media, in my opinion, is fake fellowship. It's fake relationship, and it sets us up with very bad relational habits. Because, again, think about on social media. Because it stops short. It will not take you deep enough with somebody. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be on social media. In fact, I think that as followers of Jesus, I think we should fully embrace it because that's where our population is. And that's where we will find people that need God. Right, and, and interact with that way, but, I, but we have to be careful on how we use it and, and what we do with it. Because the reality is that real relationship takes work, It takes investment, it takes time, and social media sets us up with bad relational habits. Right, if, if there is a lull in the conversation or things get awkward on social media, I can just check out and move on and keep scrolling. If I don't agree with somebody, instead of talking through it, I can just block them or unfriend them. In fact, when we think about, um, you know, just our, our, our even our, the things that we say, right, to a screen, are, are filtered in our mind, but they're not on the other end. Like we, we type things that we would never say to somebody's face. And it's incredibly damaging. Real relationship takes work. Again, we talked about last week about genuine love for people and how our our talents and abilities can promote unity within the body of Christ. And and as we looked at that, we saw a pullback out of Romans 12. If we we look back at Romans 12, he he continues to to speak to this. And when we talk about relationship, uh, in Romans 12, he continues his thought He's, we looked at last week, and, and I want to read verses 14 through 18 in Romans 12. Okay, where he says he says, "Bless those who persecute you; don't curse them, and pray for God to bless them. Be happy with those who are happy, and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people, and don't think that you know it all." Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. I mean, this is really good relational advice, isn't it? And as we look at that, right, and we see how much relationship is at the foundation and core of our faith. Notice he what he doesn't say. He doesn't say that you will not have issues with people. In fact, he assumes that you will. Okay, that, that, that's the premise of this, right? Is that you're going to have conflict. And so he's telling us how to work through that conflict. Right? But the point of this passage and many other passages throughout Scripture is that the relationship is always more important than the offense. The relationship is always more important than the offense. That is true with God, right? And how many times have we gotten upset or mad at God? Right? But the relationship is way more important. Hey, how many times have we gotten upset or, or, or in conflict with other people? All the time. Even, you might even argue, especially in the church. right? Because the church is full of humans, right? And we're, we're fallen and we're sinful and we mess it up. And yet, it's so easy to fall into this trap of saying, you know, that relationship doesn't matter, but it so does. And it's easy to fall into this trap with God. When God doesn't act the way we think or use the timeline that we have preset out, we can get mad at him. But But the relationship is always more important than the offense. Again, if you're not on the right relationship with God relationally, then you need to invest time. If you don't have any iron people in your life, and you need iron people in your life, by the way. If you don't have those, those people in your life, then you need to invest time. But again, because God has designed us to be relational. We be relational with him and with other people. We were not created to do life alone. Which means we need to, to recognize and understand that we need to have people at all these levels of relationship. Do you have people at all of these different levels? Okay, if you seek the Lord and, and wisely pursue some people on to get them to those levels. Okay, now obviously as you go through the levels, right, the groups get smaller as you go down the list. Right? And that's, that's the way that God designed it. And now if you don't have all people on all of these levels, then we typically turn to something else and try to fill that hole, right? Because, again, we, we, we are designed for it. So if we don't have it, we try to fill it with something else, right? Sometimes we fill it with technology. Sometimes we fill it with recreation or with, you know, worldly success, right? Whatever we can find, we shove into that iron place in our life if we don't have it. In fact, most bad habits and sinful behaviors start with you not feeling accepted right? or feeling this relational void in your life. And so as we realize that we need people on all these different levels, that we are created for a relationship, right? and the, the, again, that God is designed to be at the, the core of that, with us, again, our relationship with God is where we start. As we think about this, we also need to be very strategic on how we decide who's going to be on what level. Hey, okay, because whoever, the, the deeper the level they are in, in your life, the more um, authority they bring, right? And the more, um, the more that they're going to rub off on you. Now, as we look at that scale and we see, again, I need to decide and, and with God about where people are going to be. Now, non Christians belong on this scale. In fact, we you know we've talked about even as we started with the video this morning, right? To know that that's one of the things that we're called to do as followers of Jesus is to share Christ with people who don't know Him, right? And again, as we know, right, there's lots of strangers, right, that don't know God, right. But but I would argue that again, it's 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 rare, right, that somebody's going to find God at the stranger level, right? Where are they really going to find God? Okay, from people that are at those deeper levels of relationship. Think about what brought you to faith, who brought you to church, right? Why did you show up? Right, it's most likely it was with somebody who was at a deeper level of relationship that invited you. Right, maybe it was your parents that brought you when you were a little kid, right? Whatever it is. Now, obviously, your parents are at a pre- pretty deep level of relationship, right, as a kid. Right, Non-Christians belong on this scale, but you have to be careful on what level they're on because the further down they are on the list, the more influence they will have in your life. Again, relationship is what life is really about, and we're not created to do life alone. So will you invest in a real, authentic relationship with God, and will you invest in a real, authentic relationship with other people? And As we think about our life, and think about our faith, and think about the purpose of life, right, And, and again, it starts with God, and it starts by joining the journey of faith and putting putting God on the same love relationship that, that he already sees us on. All right, as we look at all of these things and, and our redoing life on purpose with our time, with our money, with our talents and abilities, with our relationships, okay, I want to end today with where we started. Okay, again, if you have your Bible open to Romans chapter 12, right, flip back to the very top, Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. All right, where he says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let there be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind who will find acceptable, and this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Skipping to verse 21, the summary verse of the entire chapter. And don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Right, and as we look at, again, this theme verse right, of, of, of the last four weeks, we know that, again, this, this passage is not evangelistic. It doesn't tell you how to join the journey of faith at all. It assumes you already have. And again, if, God, if, if you are not in a relationship with God this morning, I hope that you will start there. But if you are, I hope we can see the words of, of this passage And know that God wants to transform us. He wants to take us to a place that we've never been before. And and we will be transformed. And we start, right, with our time, with our money, with our abilities, and with our relationships. Are you managing everything that God has given you on purpose for him? I hope that you are. Again, I have no idea where you're at in your journey of faith today. If you need to accept Christ, then start there, right? And receive Christ. Start that relationship with Him. If you have accepted Christ, but yet you feel like, man, my faith is kind of stalled, I'm not sure, I'll tell you that then invest time, invest in your relationship, and move forward with God. Be closer to God tomorrow than you are today, right? Invest into your journey. Take a step forward. Right, maybe, again, 2022, maybe you're here and you're just celebrating the, the, what God is doing, right? And you're continuing that journey and you're saying, I'm just praising God today for, for, the, the, for the fact that he's an iron level with me, right? That I have people there, that, that I'm, I'm doing life on purpose. Again, wherever you're at, just I encourage you to turn to God and do your life, every aspect of your life, die yourself, give it up to him, and live every moment on purpose, for his glory. So leads me to our final challenge, this final challenge of this series, right? As next week we're moving on to, to a new series. Hey, okay, but before we do that, here's the final challenge Is every aspect of your life an act of worship towards God? Every aspect of your life can be an act of worship towards God. So are you worshiping him with your time, with your money, with your abilities, and your relationships? Again, we see in that, right? It, that tells us this is the way to truly worship God. I give him glory with everything. All right, now if that's not true in your life, take the step to make it true. It starts with receiving Christ your Savior or committing to the next step in your journey or just celebrating and worshiping God for what he's done. Okay, but take a step forward to Christ, not just today, but this week as you live your faith. Lord God, we praise you today. Lord, that you love us enough to save us. God, that you love us more than we can imagine. Lord, you love us so much, Lord, that you you want it to be on the iron level of relationship with us. And we praise you for that today. God, we praise you that, that you love us exactly the way we are, but that you also, God, you don't leave us there. That you transform us by your spirit. And we pray, God, that as we go this week, that we will truly live out our faith. God, that we will move closer to you, that we will invest time into our relationships. First with you and then with others. And God, we pray that as we grow in who you are and how you made us. God, that your spirit will will work through us, God, and just draw people to you and draw people to to deeper relationships in their life. God, help us to represent you well in this world as we live out our faith every day and as we share you with those who don't know you. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. Guide us as we go this week, as we live out as your church, as we shine your light in this dark world guide us as we go today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.